Well, today I have um, something that I wanted to share about um, for the last couple of months, ever since we came back from our trip. And um, when we were away, I, um, I was really moved by the sermon given by a friend of ours named David in Switzerland. And he talked on anger. And I'm like, wow. And he did it with such um, beauty and humbleness and, or humility, I guess is the word, humility. And it, it, I, I really was inspired just because of his vulnerability. And I, I've wanted to talk about it for a long time. But anyway, the scriptures that he shared have been kind of stewing in my brain. I just thought, well, it's my turn to preach, so I'm going to dig it up. And um, so I, I find it really pretty amazing that the first kid of the first human beings in all of history, as we know, in Genesis, um, the first kid has an issue with anger. So, like, it goes back to the very, very beginning, you know, of time. And, like, what was there back then? You know, there was just Adam and Eve, and then their firstborn, Cain, and their secondborn, Abel. And Cain and Abel um, offered um, uh, a gift to God. And, um, then Cain felt really bad because he thought that God wasn't accepting his gift in the same way that he accepted his brother's gift. That was just in his head. It wasn't true. But um, anyway, Cain was really upset because he thought that his brother was being favored by God. Um, but the next kind of weird thing that happened was that instead of getting mad at God, of course, how do you get mad at God, right? Um, Cain gets mad at his brother. Like, his brother didn't do anything directly to Cain, right? But his response is that he's furious at his brother. And right away, God is on it. You know, God is a missionary God, and he goes and finds Cain because Cain is really sad, and his sadness turns into bitterness, and his head goes down, and he's kind of just sitting there stewing on it. And God comes up to Cain and says, Cain, why are you angry? And we did. So... Um, you know, he pursues he pursues Cain because he wants he wants Cain to uh, understand that he that Cain has an enemy. Like right from the get go, God makes us aware of the fact that we have an enemy, and the enemy is trying to take us out through anger. So anger is like a predatory force. If you haven't noticed, matter of fact, I just noticed it today on, on my way over. You know, to give a sermon on anger is like yep. I fell to that very thing just minutes before I arrived here, and my family pointed it out. I'm like, okay, I can probably, you know, doesn't make it any better that I'm preaching on anger. But anyways, um, it says here that uh, what's that? Oh, sorry, it's a it's a Genesis four, and it says that um, in down in verse five it says. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. So it talks about they're both giving these things, you know, these offerings to God, and it seems to Cain that 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 God doesn't like his offering, that he loves Abel's offering. That's what it seems like to him, even though that wasn't really the case. And um, we don't, we're not completely sure what the issue was, but we do know that the Lord came up to Cain, and he was concerned about Cain. 
for his attitude. And he says, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? So he's, you know, he's very like pastoral. He's like the ultimate therapist that's asking a really good question. He came to think about why is he mad at his brother? You know, is there, he wanted to talk about it. Um, and then God says, if you do well, you will not, will you not be accepted? So acceptance is something that sometimes we get upset about when we feel like we're being dishonored, we're not being accepted, we're being rejected instead. And God's like, aren't you going to be accepted? It's just, you know, just do the right thing. You're, you'll be accepted. Don't worry. And and it says, and if you, and if you do not do well, like he's giving him a warning, he says, Sin is crouching at the door, and it is lusting for you. Its desire is for you. literally is lusting for you. But you must rule over it. So he's telling him that there's this predatory force called anger, and that's the sin that's at the door. Like, like a predatory, like an animal just kind of whoosh, with its tail just swoosh, swoosh, just waiting, just waiting and waiting for Cain to fall, right? He's like, you can do, you can, you can take authority over that anger. You know, you can. So right away, Cain spoke to his brothers and um, he wanted to take, he said, let's go out to the field, brother. And so Cain rose up against his brother when they were in the field and he killed him. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like a huge thing. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? Of course he knew, you know. God keeps asking these questions. And he wants to, like, make things good. Even, even after such a thing happens between brothers, he wants to bring healing. But anyway, you can read on and find out what, what happens after that. Um, so we have this struggle with the enemy called anger. And um, the same question, I think, God directs to us, like, why are you angry? Sometimes we're not even sure. We don't, we just know that something rises up in us. We feel, I don't know what, like someone's not paying attention to us. We feel like we were cheated from something. We feel like somebody did us wrong, disrespected us, whatever the thing was, you know, and that the same question God directs us, you know, directs to us today. So Genesis wasn't just like, telling about what happened back in there, but it's completely relevant to now. And um, so I want to just read you something out of James 3. So that's near the end of the New Testament. So after Hebrews comes James. And here... um, the writer talks about the tongue, and and he says that um, on page nine hundred the little ones, yeah. And in the big fat Bibles, it's one zero one two, and so this is about taming the tongue. So it says, "For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to also to bridle his whole body." So if we put bits, you know, those things that go in the horse's mouth, uh, the bridle, the bit of the bridle of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, these giant ships, you know, they're so large and they're driven by strong winds. They're guided by a very small rudder wherever the will 
that the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. So the tongue is talked about as this tiny thing in our body that has a ton of power, right? And sadly, good things and both evil things come out of our mouth, you know? So um, he goes on to say, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of our life and set on fire by hell. So, so the writer here is talking about our tongue like a little maybe cigarette butt that somebody might fling into a dry forest. What, would, what are some of the things that make for a forest fire? And we've been having a lot of fires around here, haven't we? Um, would a forest fire likely burn on a day like this? Why? What? It wouldn't likely because... If it was already burning, it would. If it was already, yeah, if it was already burning, it could. But like on a day like this, when there's lots of rain, would, it, would a cigarette butt flung out the window of a car likely start a forest fire? Probably not likely, right? Because it's wet, it's been raining. So what are the conditions for a forest fire? Like why why do we have forest fires? Dry. Yeah, it's dry and dry, hot. We have winds. Lots of uh, maybe neglect on how we take care of the forest. So there could be like a lot of junk around the trees and a spark. Somebody's careless. Yeah. That's usually why fires are started. I mean, sometimes there's natural fires, but of course we've kind of altered our whole ecosystem in the first place so even if there are forest fires that are over and over devastating more than just you know how they normally would normally would be to kind of how god set it up a lot of it's because of what we've done right so i think it's interesting that the writer of james talks about the tongue like like a like a almost like a little flint flint or like a little spark that's so small you know that, but it could set an entire um, forest, you know, on fire because of forest fire. So we are like we're not just like individuals that live in the world. We live in a group, just like in a forest. There's living trees that live that are together, right? And when if one tree burns, guess what? It's not just about that one tree that gets burnt. All the other trees can get burnt too, and that one can catch that one, and that one can catch that one, especially if there's wind and if there hasn't been rain for a while, you know, then you have like a disaster. So why do you think God would compare um, anger in our tongues, which come through our mouth, you know? Why would, why would that be compared to a forest fire? What would be the, let's just say, the spiritual conditions in, in a church or family, you know, which could cause a forest fire, you know, which could cause a big blaze. Or it's like one, bringing one person and bringing nastiness to the next person to the next person. You know, it's kind of contagious. It is. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed how, you're right, Monica, like nastiness or danger? Can, I've been bad about it. I've said some foul things in my life that I'm not proud of. And I know that it's kind of caused, like, not too good of reaction. I think every one of us, every single one of us in this room, that's why... You know, this is written. It's not to like point the finger or, or shame us, but it's like, hey, watch out. You know, that tongue is so powerful because on the one hand, 
it's for praising God and blessing people and like doing beautiful things and, you know, teaching and all these things. On the other hand, it's like, wow, have you ever felt like how in the world? Like once you start into it, it's almost like you get this adrenaline rush and it's just almost, you almost can't stop. That's how anger can be, right? Yeah. It just, because it's a spiritual thing. It really is a predatory force. We have to understand that. It's not just about, oh, you're bad. Just You should just like, you know, muscle through it and just be good and just stop doing that and just duct tape your mouth. No, it's not that. It's, there's, it's an actual spiritual force that needs to be treated in a spiritual way. Well, in a physical way too, but mostly it's it's the root is a spiritual root. So um, what do we do about that? What do we do? Well, I thought that we could go through some just some parts of different scriptures that talk about anger because it's just a way to remind us what what can we do what's the remedy what's the medicine right there's got to be something and thankfully we have the psalms the psalms are full of medicine for anger so it says um well for in the first place we know that um you know we just heard about the tongue and what it can do right and that people can get angry really fast and the, the, the consequences are devastating. But it says, but you, O Lord, in Psalm 86, 15, but you, O Lord, are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. Proverbs 15, 15 1. A soft answer turns away wrath. What's wrath? It's like anger, right? So if somebody else is angry, you know, if you react against them with anger, it's like, how do we fight fire with fire? Uh, No. It just gets a bigger fire. It just gets a bigger (laughs) fire. It's like pouring gas on already somebody who's angry. Like, you shouldn't be fighting with someone. If they're already angry, guess what? A soft answer turns away anger in another person. Maybe we can, like, bring, you know, like, help them, um, you know, de as they say, de-escalate, like bring it down, dial it down. Can I give an example? Yeah. Uh, so Gracie said okay. that right before we came, she came here. She got mad. Well, guess okay. what? Guess why it happened? Because I, I didn't stop in our driveway, and I thought I could make it out and uh, in front of this other car that's coming from the left, but I. I didn't check my blind spot quite enough. We have a huge blind spot in that car. And, um, and so I thought, I didn't see anything. I looked, and I zoomed out, and a car was just nearly hit us, okay? And so Gracie flared up and said, what are you doing? And I said, and I ended up saying, stop lecturing me. There's no car there. I'm like, dude, we And instead of just calm, giving a soft answer and saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I really was just in too much of a hurry, and I should have just stopped. Instead of just humbling myself completely, I got defensive and I told her to just stop talking about it because I already knew that I made a mistake. Okay. What's he doing? He's pulled out in front of this car. I saw it all from the. I know, I'm completely guilty. I was just like, yeah, I, I, I almost got us in an accident. But then, and then instead of using a soft answer, I kind of kept it, kept it going with my tongue and then she kept lecturing me and I kept saying don't lecture me and then pretty soon I realized 
We're okay, going I'm to church. It always does. You know? Oh man, I just knew that if I'm preaching on anger, I'm like, oh crap, what's gonna be happening? You know? I should have been I should have been like looking out because the devil's this but I was like the Holy Spirit and I tried to tell him to make And Anna's like, You guys be quiet, my ears are hurting. She's got really sensitive ears anyway. She's like, please stop. I'm like, okay. So thankfully there was Anna. All right. So, okay. A soft answer would have been good. Um, it says, but a harsh word stirs up anger. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Proverbs 15, 8. Uh, it says, a hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he or she who is slow to anger quiets contention. So over and over. The person who is slow to anger Quiet's contention. Like you can actually bring, you can actually be a peacemaker. A peacemaker is contention? contention is like fighting or, you know, whatever. Just tension. Tension, like whatever word you want to use, you know. Um, so what, what softens contention? What brings it down is uh, uh, bah, 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 he who is slow to anger love. or she. Love. That's right. All right, Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry, but do not sin. I mean, there's some things that anger you, like, you know, child tra sex trafficking, or you see somebody, like, beating another person up. She just go, no, 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 I'm just going to be peaceful. I'm a Christian. I mean, that kind of, you know, we have reason to be angry at certain things, right? But oh, it says, yeah. but do not sin. Oh, be angry, but do not sin. How? What does that mean? How do we be angry, but do not sin? Anyway, it says, um, and so I guess that's that's the thing to really pray about. That's the thing I'm going to pray about is how do I be, how can I have feelings like, oh my gosh, you know, almost have gotten killed. That's not a happy thought. Like, um, stop, but, don't hurt them. but like, how do I, how do I not sin by just like, you know, it's like impossible. It's really, it's not easy. That's why we need God's help, right? Yeah. And here it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. So that means what? Go to bed at peace. Go to bed at peace. If the sun is going down, it's nighttime, and you're still like, you know, number one, you're not going to sleep very well. And number two, the devil is just like, they're so mad. You know, like that's exactly where the devil wants us. It's just to sit there and stew. And the stuff may have really been real. Like we could have really, someone could have really done us wrong, could have gotten ripped off or hurt. Or whatever the thing is, but not letting the sun go down on your anger means we have to deal with it. Even if we can't talk to that person, we need to be able to talk to God and just ask for God's peace, right? So there you go. That's um, Ephesians 4.26. And um, yeah. it's going to be important for yeah, it's harder. Right. Right. I mean, it, it's definitely good if you can have two people that agree that we shouldn't blame each other, you know, yeah. or at least like be able to be correctable. And you know, someone tells you, "Look, do we want to just fight the whole night? You know, do we want to not sleep just so one person can be right, but we're both right? So how? What do we do? You know?" Um, so but then, yeah. Sometimes 
sometimes you would have to give that anger over to the Lord because um, also people get mad and then they want, well, I want to, I want to talk about it right now. Yeah. Well, that's really not a good mode. Yeah. You know? And so a lot of times, even though it says don't let the sun go down on your anger or whatever, um, I mean, there's different ways to handle it. Yeah. Um, I don't think men are big on dealing with <laughs> anger, you know, in that split second. A lot no. of times, it's, you got sometimes people you have to wait till the person cools down. There's another, yeah. another scripture that said, you know, don't talk to a person who doesn't have ears to hear. So, in other words, if they're really mad still, it's probably not the moment to go and like confront them. Exactly. So, you know, the best thing to do is. Now, Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who are, you know, abusive. And sometimes that, that there's, we can actively do that. Not sometimes, we can do it's it a hard. lot. It is it's hard. It's very hard for me. So, and in Ephesians, it even talks about parents. You know, we have to be careful of parent, as parents that we don't provoke our children to anger. We can actually provoke each other to anger. So we're told to watch out, you know? Because, like... Yeah. I had a personal experience this week where it's like, and I had to tell my friend she was in the wrong because like her daughter wanted to go there and get her hair brushed. Uh-huh. Well, she went and chopped her daughter's hair, and her daughter had an episode, like a very, and she has like psychotic episodes. Like, oh I mean, like, man! She turned into the Hulk. Like, oh. Like, See, that's like point. provoking your child to anger, right? You no, know, you were very out of pocket there. Yeah. I had to tell her, I go, you know, I'm your friend and I love you, and I'm just telling you, though, you were very out of line. Yeah, but like now her daughter's like having to be evaluated for her medication and stuff, and I'm like, you kind of instigated it, you know? Yeah, like like, sometimes we we can think that we're like totally justified and stuff like that, but really, is it? We have to ask ourselves: is is it going to have a productive outcome? You know? No, sometimes you know we go too far, right? So, um, so. I, I think that it's this Ephesians, uh, or excuse me, Colossians 3, chapter 3, is really beautiful. And there's there's a lot in that um, chapter, starting with verse 8. And it says, put, and now, it says, now you must put away, and it names all these things, anger, wrath, malice, slander. I'm not sure what the difference is between wrath, malice, anger. And slander, I kind of know, but like there's so many aspects to anger that, and 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 so Paul is saying you got to put these away. You got to put away all anger, all wrath, all malice, all slander, and obscene talk. It's in there. Obscene talk from your mouth. You just we can define that however we want for ourselves. And instead, what do we do? Because we take it off. We got it. When you take one thing off. You got to put something else on, or you're going to be naked, right? Okay, you took that off, but we we can't go around being naked, and that's why I think Colossians is where it talks about clothing yourself with this and that. So it says, "Oh, put on." Here we go. See, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you must forgive. It's not a choice. You know, forgiveness is not like one of the side dishes, you know, in the dinner at the banqueting table. 
um, maybe not banqueting table, but whatever, God's table, you know. We come together, forgiveness is a main dish. You know, it's one of those things that we have to, we have to feed on and we have to share, share forgiveness, right? And it says, and above all these, so even more than all this, you guys really should look at chapter three of Colossians, and that's on 984 in the big Bible. I don't know, Roger, what page is that in your Bible? 925. 925 or 984. It says, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Wow, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. And it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, just like in a forest, you know, just like a forest where we're living creatures and we live amongst each other, we affect one another, and we need to think about the life of the other person. Otherwise, the whole forest burns down, the whole church, the whole families blown up, you know? So um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. And so it just goes on. So this is like the remedy. So if if Jesus, not if, Jesus is the great doctor, you know, he tells us what we can do, you know, to combat this uh, constant thing. It's like a constant disease of, anger that's against us, predatory force that's out. You know, we all have our masks on right now because we're watching out for COVID. We're all smart, right? We did what we had to do there, but what do we do about the predatory force of, of anger which wants to, has, it has lust after us, it wants to have us for its own, forgive. consume us. And, yes, and forgive. Yeah, we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's why the Bible is written, because we don't know these things, just natural. If we did what was natural, we'd do what Cain does. You know, Cain, he just did what came natural to him, right? And God says, no, this is a problem. From So, you know, if it happened for the, for the first kid of the first humans, how are we any different? So read chapter 3 of Colossians, you guys, because this is really helpful. And... Um, so we want it, it, but I just want to point out, it says let. So we have to actually, you know, put these things on by, you know, it's like a deliberate thing we do. We can't just, we're not just passive and just sit here and it just happens. No, we actually have to make an effort, right? Make an effort to put these things on. Uh, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. It's not the kind of clothing that we usually wear. We wear other stuff, which is like, Porcupine clothes, <laughs> you know, like revenge, whatever, short temper, blah, blah, um, fairness, you know, me first, my whatever, my rights. So um, it's, but it says, you know, we have to bear with one another, like we have to be patient. And then, uh, and it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We have a choice. We can either not let the peace of Christ rule or we can let it. Our choice. If we don't let it, then guess what's the opposite of peace? Strife. So I thought that we would, um, maybe we could take a moment and, okay, 5.30. So let's take a moment, and I know this has been a little longer than usual maybe, but 
um, let's let's do take a moment and um, just confess. You know, I just confessed. <laughs> I have a ton of other things I could confess too. I have a long list, but that was just the thing that happened before I came over here. Um, let's ask the Holy Spirit to reveal, not to bring shame, not to bring guilt on us, but just to kind of shine the light on the area that God wants to work on with us and to let's let's humble our hearts let's be soft towards god let's not try to justify ourselves let's just let the holy spirit show us something that he wants to work on um, when it comes to the question of anger or um, you know maybe how we use our how we speak to each other how we speak to people how we use our tongues and maybe there god is warning us of something or wants us to turn away from something you know, put away something. If, if um, any of these things are in the list for you, you know, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, um, obscene talk be put away. Is there anything, Holy Spirit, that you want us to put away right now? And we know we're not perfect, and we know we probably will have to do this again, but we at least want to get on the right track. And um, I just silence all voices of the accuser who want to blame us and shame us. And we just thank you, um, Holy Spirit, that when you show us, it's because you just want to bring um, correction in a good way. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for showing us and just we give you permission to, um, you know, bring things to mind throughout the week uh, we, that we can work on with you, areas that we can grow in. And I thank you that even when we bite the dust, that you make beautiful things out of the dust. You make beautiful things out of us. And just thank you for that promise that that um, that you that you love us, and you know us, and you're not ashamed of us, and you're you're on our side. And so I just pray for your peace, Jesus, to come over each of us right now. And that you would bring joy in our hearts just thinking about how how much um, we get to grow and become more like you. I just thank you in your name, Jesus. Amen.